Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are trending higher this morning. Seoul is up three-quarters of a percent. Tokyo and Sydney are both in the green as well. Investors are taking their cue from Wall Street, which finished at yet another record high overnight. Not all is golden, though. Chinese stocks, particularly Chinese tech and education counters, are suffering a rout as Beijing imposes new rules to prevent companies from making a profit in this sector. Joining me now to break down all the market action is Sunny. Hamid, he's Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. Good morning, Sunny. Good morning. Because Singapore has sketched out a new roadmap for how the nation will live with the COVID virus. For the first time in more than a year, international borders will begin to reopen in September. Though just how much is not clear yet. Now, the big news on this front is that travellers who are vaccinated will not be subjected to a 14-day quarantine upon returning to Singapore as long as they travel to countries where the pandemic is deemed to be under control. Sunny, how excited are you to travel? <laughs> very much, but uh, I'll be st- I'll still be very cautious, I guess. Yeah, yeah you and a lot yeah. of people. So these new measures are tied to Singapore's vaccination rate. And that's mm-hmm. expected to hit eighty percent by September. Sunny, how much of a boost, if any, do you expect this opening up to give to our economy? Well, um, while I do expect some some sort of boost to the uh, local economy itself, we still have to understand that. Um, Singapore very much depends on on the region and the rest of the world. Mm. So while we have pockets of the world where vaccination rates are very high, therefore you can have travel bubbles, therefore life can go back to some level of normalcy. normalcy. Um, I guess the majority will still probably be still in in, 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 in the vaccination phase. So I, I still see 2021 as a transition. Um, if anything resembling normalcy, we'll probably see it by the end of 2022. 20, um, and maybe even at 2022, when every country in the world has vaccination rates of 50, 60, 70 percent. 2022. All right. In related news, um, investors gave the new measures a mixed reception. Overall, the Straits Times Index fell by more than half a percent yesterday to 31.38. But shares of Singapore Airlines and SATs, they both rose more than 2% in intraday trade. So, Sunny, what is your overall view of the Singapore market now? And are you more optimistic given these plans to open up? Yeah, I think um, it's it's basically um, what I mentioned. I think um, the market showed that basically um, it's giving credit to to sectors which will benefit directly, but overall, in totality, it's still very cautious. Um, so I think the the market itself, you know, um, as a whole, um, is likely just going to be on a case to case basis, day to day basis, as we see what's happening overseas as things improve. If all of a sudden Malaysia, Indonesia, um, um, the situation there uh, improves dramatically, then I think basically the market hasn't priced that in. But otherwise, the market's probably priced in a slow kind of a recovery uh, going into the rest of 2021 and maybe the first half of 2022. Now, uh, the government has clarified, as you say, that it's 1.1 billion support package for companies and workers affected by the recent restrictions will be financed primarily through budget reallocations. And the government is expected to run a budget deficit of 11 billion this year. That is about 2.2% of GDP.
I want to turn to Chinese stocks now, particularly those that are listed overseas. Investors are selling off on news that Beijing is cracking down on tech and education companies. Chinese stocks in the U.S. have suffered their biggest two-day wipeout in more than a decade. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index fell more than 4%. That is its biggest drop in more than a year. So, Sunny, we talked about this a little on the program yesterday, but help bring us up to date. What exactly is China doing that is spooking investors so much? China is basically doing what capitalists or uh, a normal um, uh, market uh, basically is, is not designed to to accept, which is basically asking companies not to make profits. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's telling the uh, education sector, if you're involved in the school curriculums, uh, you're banned from making profits, you're banned from raising capital, and you're banned from going public. It's basically everything that a company wants to do in a normal capitalist or normal uh, economy. Um, and that is why we've seen stocks drop not only by 50%, by, but by 60, 70, 80, and in some instances, even 90%. Um, you, it's, it's, you can't operate or, or no one's going to hold your shares if you're not allowed to make profits, full stop, basically. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're seeing. And I think the market overall is spooked because this comes right after the crackdown on tech. Um, um, and this comes after what we call at the beginning of the year when Beijing said, um, you're going to control leverage. Um, basically, any banks which have actually uh, issued loans um, last year, that's a maximum that you can issue this year. And that's why we've seen something called a credit impulse, i.e. the amount of leverage being issued in China just dropping like a stone. So mm-hmm. there's this thing going on which I think analysts like myself and strategists like myself are trying to piece together mm-hmm. what's Beijing doing. Um, um, obviously, there's something up their sleeves. Um, yeah, it's slowly being unveiled. Mm. Um, but at the same time, the uncertainty is probably going to cause markets to really just go south uh, for the time being. Is there a distinction between what China is doing here with edtech stocks and what China has done with Tencent or Alibaba uh, with tech stocks? You know, is it very clear that here it's about reaching socialist goals? It does seem to be the way. I mean, from the tech stock perspective, it's about controlling data. It's about um, not revealing or not allowing uh, Chinese companies to go to the U.S. to, you know, for privacy purposes and such. And this one now is about education. So again, we're piecing the pieces together. Um, and and until we get a full picture as to what the grand plan is, um, I think people are just going to be quite bearish and stay, mm. stay away from Chinese stocks. Among the actions taken by Chinese regulators, they've told internet giant Tencent that it must end any exclusive contracts that it has with music copyright holders. Tencent shares slid 10% overnight on the news. The high-profile U.S. fund manager Kathy Wood was a big holder of Chinese stocks, was being the key word there. She's headed for exits. Back in February, one of her biggest funds used to have an 8% weighting in Chinese stocks. And now Chinese companies account for just a fraction of a percent of the fund's holdings. So uh, you touched on it briefly, but do you think investors should be exiting Chinese stocks, particularly Chinese tech stocks? Has that big word, uninvestable, reared its head? Yes, it's it's just so uncertain. Um, I think there were arguments to say that, you know, it could be a buy on dip. It could Mm. be a a value being discovered. Uh, But now I think the narrative has probably changed to it could be a value trap, meaning to say that basically while it's cheap, while it looks 
attractive valuation-wise. There's just so much uncertainty with regards to regulatory in the regulatory environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so until that clears up, um, I, you know, it's hard for someone to say, you know, I'm going to hold this and, and, and it's going to make money for me in the next 12, 18 months. Because when regulations can change such drastically, mm-hmm. uh, you don't know what's going to happen next. China's EdTech Assault is also hitting big-name investors here in Singapore. Tomasic Holdings and GIC are among the international funds that have invested in Chinese education companies. Now that Beijing is ordering businesses in the sector to operate as non-profits, it's unclear how Tomasic, GIC or other big-name funds like SoftBank will recoup their investments. All right, time to turn to the U.S. where stocks shook off a wobbly start overnight. To finish slightly higher, U.S. indices trading at record highs with investors seemingly immune to concerns about rising COVID-19 cases and that Delta variant. Sunny, what are your thoughts this morning on the U.S. market? Is it ready for a correction or does this bull run still have legs? <laughs> yeah, it does seem that it does seem it, it still has legs um, in the sense that um, we are in a situation where people are still very optimistic due to the uh, vaccination rollout, mm-hmm. um, the reopening, normalization albeit um, the market does look a little bit uh, topish or a little bit lethargic. Um, we've been making record highs, but we need to understand that in, in context, it's been just inching up into record, record territories. Uh, it's not as though it's like a, a rampage bull run and such. So I think it may just pull back a bit, uh, but people will still see it as an opportunity to pick up. We're in the midst of earnings season, and one of the biggest pieces of news is that Tesla's quarterly profits have topped one billion US dollars for the first time. Supply market glitches and a semiconductor chip shortage certainly don't seem to have hurt Tesla yet, although the company still warns that these could still present issues. So Sunny, 165 S&P constituents are opening their books this week. Tell us what you're watching out for and what do you think of the results that have already come in? Well, I think in, in, in general, in a broad sense, our results should be good. I mean, again, we're we basing it relative, relative, relatively speaking to a period, for example, two, three quarters ago, mm-hmm. uh, where we didn't have the vaccine uh, in place. Um, we've seen consumer confidence sky high uh, in, 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 in the U.S. We've seen housing starts. We've seen a lot of these indicators showing that consumers are willing to come back into the market and there's pent-up demand coming back into the market. So I think by and large, we'll probably see quite good numbers overall. Uh, but again, I think uh, what needs to be understood is um, certain sectors, while they may recover in terms of revenue because things were going from really bad to now maybe just a little bit more normal, mm-hmm. going forward, um, uh, investors should note whether some of these sectors um, will still be around, meaning to say that uh, we're moving into a new environment where people will be staying home more, People will be communicating, um, commuting less, and and so on. So really, it's a new norm. It's a new era. Um, so I think investors need to, to put that into account. So disruption and the S&P 500, a big theme there. Now, Tesla's profits took a slight hit from its investments in cryptocurrencies. It actually had to report a 23 million US dollar loss because of Bitcoin's second quarter fall. And there are reports that Amazon may become the next big name to either invest in cryptocurrencies or accept them as payment on its platform. The reports help 
boost Bitcoin this week, but then Amazon came out and clarified that just because it advertised uh, for a job position to do with cryptocurrency, <laughs> it is not going to be accepting uh, cryptocurrency. And that sent the token down, I think, from 40000 to 38000 uh, So we've seen big swings in the sector before, but you know, 25% gain in one week and then dipping below to 38000 nothing to sneeze at. What is your take on crypto, Sunny? Is it becoming more mainstream? Judging from um, the news that we hear, and again, I think we have to qualify first that um, when we talk about cryptocurrencies, there are different types of cryptocurrencies. You know, we've got those Dodge coins and such which have no utility at all. Yep. And of course, on the other side of the fence, you have those which have utility and those which are stock value like Bitcoin. Um, for those that have value, that those have, that have utility, I think the, the, the adoption rate continues. And we've seen a lot of news about um, corporations uh, incorporating Bitcoin as a payment We've seen some corporations, including Bitcoin, in their cash reserves, and, and we're seeing banks now offering it to their clients and such. So the adoption continues, albeit the price continues to be volatile, which is, again, very typical of, a, of a, any asset in so-called uh, adoption phase. Uh, so by and large, fundamentally, uh, it does seem to suggest that there is growing acceptance. Um, I think a recent survey in Singapore also shows that more than 50% of investors have some form of crypto or cryptocurrencies in their investment or digital assets in their investment. So we will see continued adoption, uh, mm-hmm. albeit price will continue to be volatile, but it does seem as though the more fundamentally driven cryptocurrencies could still move uh, up due to this positive adoption. All right. Thanks as always for joining us, Sunny. You're Have welcome. a wonderful day ahead. You too. Sunny Hamid is Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. You have been listening to Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.